0: and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey everybody, Paul Gray here. Thanks for joining me once again. I think I told you all a little bit last week that that weekend, my wife and I had gone to St. Louis for a few days to get away. We had a, just a wonderful time there, and our flight got us there midday, so we took an Uber to the hotel, checked in, and got to know our hotel staff. It was just wonderful. And we asked him for directions to a, an Irish pub that we'd heard about to go to lunch that we knew was within walking distance. So they gave us some landmarks to fix our eyes on. One was a giant Ferris wheel. They said, go out this door, look at the Ferris wheel, go straight towards it, and then they told us a bunch of other things. So we followed their directions and eventually got to our destination, a place called Maggie O'Brien's. It was a great place. Well, then after we ate, we were going to walk around a little bit, but on the direction back to our hotel, but we realized there was a much more direct and safer, and easier, and more interesting, and more picturesque route to take. So we took that. We were on a new path. We were in a new place. And as we went along, we would come to street corners. There were big buildings on either side. We would come to a street corner, and we could look off to our distance and see that Ferris wheel several blocks away. (laughs) But we knew not to go back not to go that way, because it was not the right way. We were on the right way. Once we were on the right path, why would we give any focus to things that led us on the wrong path? We had some laughs about the old way and said, you know, can you believe we did that and some jokes, but we didn't focus on it. And we certainly didn't go back that way to experience it again. We had been relocated, transferred from an old direction to a new one. Now, Looking back or going back or focusing on where we had been would not have been productive. In spiritual terms, in biblical terms, we had been rescued, conveyed, relocated, transferred, transmuted, and translated. From a science standpoint, we had been transmogrified, which means to be changed completely and i give you those words because they come from different ways to translate a word in colossians 1:13 where the apostle paul is giving us the great glorious grand merry good news that makes a person fairly leap for joy he said god has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule or the dominion of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son translated And other translations say conferred, conveyed, or relocated. We were in the place or dominion of darkness, but now we no longer are. God did something. He took us out of darkness and put us into light. Darkness is not a force. I love what Francois Detroit writes in his footnotes in the, in the Mirror Bible. He says darkness is not a force, it's simply the absence of light, a darkened understanding. Why would you ever want to go back to that? Now the Greek word used there is methistemi and it's M-E-T-H-I-S-T-E-M-I. It means to transpose. To transfer, to remove from one place to another, a change of situation or place, same root word that where we get metamorph or metamorphosis. Now, I tell you all of this to reveal to you something that God has been revealing to me. Papa, Jesus, Grace, we hang out together all the time, just like they do with you. The key is, are we aware of that? And I call the Holy Spirit of Christ in me, Grace. And Grace has been speaking to me a lot this week especially about what I've been talking to you here, especially in regard to metanoia, which is the Greek word that when we were in darkness, we used to believe it meant repent and all the baggage with that. But now God has revealed to us in his pure light with no trace of darkness, the original meaning of metanoia, which means to radically change our mind. And in our Pure Light Walker course, it's all about, every module is about changing our mind. Well, Grace said to me this week, all right, Paul, now that you've changed your mind, your past, your former situation, why would you ever think about, give power to, dwell on, or even bring up the past? Why would you even look back? And Grace said to me, Paul... You've been rescued, conveyed, relocated, transferred, and translated. You have no reason or need to give any attention to what you used to believe. It never was true. You have no reason to talk about the old religious system you used to be in. You're not there anymore. You're no longer on that path. It has no hold over you. It has no power unless you focus on it and I heard Grace say to me, and I had to look this up, you've been chasing a paper tiger. <laughs> a paper tiger is something that claims and appears to be powerful, but the reality is it's actually nothing. It's, it has no power. It's unable to withstand scrutiny and challenge. All right, so Grace said to me, now, how about let's move ahead and not look back? So, all right, I'm listening. And I thought about that. We're just having a conversation. And I said, but what about exposing the lies of religion and the mistranslations and the man-made doctrines? And Grace, I sensed with a twinkle in her eye, said, yeah, what about him? I said, well, but, but don't we need to know those lies and fallacies? And she said, you know them, Paul. You've been there. He said, well, yeah, but don't I need to teach and remind other people about them? And she said, You've already done that. And I have other people whom I've called to do that to those who don't yet know. You can refer new people to them. I thought about that and I said, yeah, My wife's been telling me that for a long time. And Grace said with a big smile, Yes, we know. I said, I said, "Um, okay, uh, suppose she's right. And I just quickly heard, she's right, Paul. Okay. All right, Grace, well, what then? What now? Paul, you know that where attention goes, energy flows. So from now on, encourage one another and focus your attention and energy on Jesus' revelation that we are good to everyone we're continually working all things for the good and the restoration of everyone to your original genesis. Focus on the fact that the truth that we are only good, there's nothing about us that's not good for all people. Focus on Jesus' revelation that we are loved and we love all people unconditionally. No ifs, thens, buts, or conditions. Focus on we are pure light with no trace of darkness. Focus on grace. Grace covers everything and everyone. Focus on Jesus is God and is in all people and for all people and loves and includes all people. I said, okay, uh, actually I've been wanting to do that and trying to do that. But as you all know, I can look back at that Ferris wheel and hop on it sometimes all too easily. And then I'm just go round and around and around doing the same old thing again, hoping for a different result. (laughs) I've been trying to cultivate the mindset that it's not my circus, it's not my Ferris wheel, and they're not my monkeys that are on that Ferris wheel. Of course, this is not just in regard to where we've come from on our spiritual journey, but also in our personal relationships, in our careers, in our relationships with people at work, people in the past from all different things, families. Don't look back and focus on negative things. That will serve us well in all of our lives. I'm a slow learner, but I'm finally starting to realize I don't need to talk about those things. I don't need to dwell on them. I don't need to give them any attention. Yes, I know they were there. I know I was a part of that. I know I don't want to go back, and I don't need to give it any attention at all. So, How do we not look back or think about what we used to think? I mean, I'm talking to myself here because I'm the one that struggles with this, and I've been teaching you. How do we not look back or think about what we used to think? Well, the Apostle Paul learned of all people who could have dwelled on, focused on his past religious experience and how awful it was and how it hurt people. And his past sin, he claimed he was the greatest sinner of all. And his past believing about lies about God himself and everyone. He could have focused on that all the time, but he didn't. And he gave us good advice. I'm going to give you some scripture here. All that he wrote. Philippians 3.13. I'm going to give you uh, three different translations. The Passion Translation, Paul says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. The message translates it this way. I'm not saying that I have this all together, Paul said, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. Boy, I love that. That's where I want to be. Here's how Francois translates it in the mirror. I'm not boasting about this newfound righteousness as if I came up with the idea. On the contrary, I have distanced myself from everything in the do-it-yourself system of the law of works and willpower previously represented in my reference, now I am fully engaged with that which the prophetic pointed to. Christ is what we were reaching for all along. Here he is in our face within our immediate grasp. He says, I have the prize of mankind's redeemed innocence in full view, just like a champion athlete in the public games. I refuse to be distracted by anything else. God has invited us in Christ to lift up our eyes and realize our identity in Him. We who have discovered our perfect righteousness have our thoughts anchored in Christ. If you still see yourselves as imperfect, Paul said, God will reveal it to you that you are wasting your time to imagine that you can become more accepted and righteous than what you already are. So then, he closes this passage so then, let the message of grace set the pace. There's another verse that he wrote, 1 Corinthians 15 34. He said, Awaken to righteousness, not sin. Awaken to righteousness. Focus your eyes on righteousness when you wake up in the morning. Focus on who we already are in Christ. <clears throat> don't focus on anything that has told you you are a sinner or God doesn't like sin. Don't focus on anything. Don't even look back. He also wrote Second Corinthians four sixteen to 18. He says, we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is being renewed every day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal weighty glory far beyond all comparison, because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary but the unseen realm is eternal. The message translates it this way. So we're not given up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There's far more here than meets the eye. The things we see now are here today, gone tomorrow, but the things we can't see now will last forever. The mirror says it this way, we are fully engaged in an exceedingly superior reality. Boy, that's where I want to be, fully engaged in an exceedingly superior reality, not giving it any thought at all to the former inferior system we were involved in. We're fully engaged in the exceedingly superior reality. The extent and weight of this glory makes any degree of suffering vanish into insignificance. The suffering is fleeting and ever so slight by comparison to the weight and enduring effect of this glory we participate in for all eternity. We're not keeping any score of what seems so obvious to the senses on the surface, our past Religion we were involved in, whatever, we're not keeping any score of that. No record of it. We're not focusing on it. That's fleeting and irrelevant. It is the unseen eternal realm within us, which now has our full attention and captivates our gaze. Colossians 3.2, Paul wrote this. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. I'm going to read that once again. Feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm, what we know inside us to be true from the Holy Spirit of Jesus, grace herself in us, and fill our thoughts with that, those heavenly realities, and don't even get distracted with what's happened in the natural realm or even what is happening now in the natural realm. And I believe this is all a spiritual thing here, what's happening in the natural realm with religion and all of that stuff. I don't know if Paul wrote Hebrews or not. He could have. But here's what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, 1 to 2. As for us, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so evenly fall into. And the Holy Spirit has shown me this week, and there are always lots of levels of what Scripture means. And at different times, the Holy Spirit will show us different things. But the wounds that pierced me from religion, I focused on those for so long. You you guys know that. I focused on that and I talked about it and the sin I so easily fell into was just that <laughs> focusing onto it. He said, we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fell into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination. We won't have anything holding us back or weighing us down for the path has already been marked out before us. So he said, we look away from the natural realm and we focus our intention and attention and expectation on Jesus. We fix our eyes on Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into faith's perfection. Paul wrote this in Colossians 3.17, the Passion Translation. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Isn't that beautiful? Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus. Not with anything negative or bad or whatever. Five times in Matthew 6, Jesus said, take no thought. That's what the original language meant. Take no thought. Now, we're going to have thoughts, but we can decide which ones to think about, which ones to take. So instead of thinking about the past, especially for me, instead of thinking about religion's past, and for all of us, instead of thinking about past things that we thought God was bummed about, instead of thinking about sins, quote, unquote, sins, instead of thinking about how we've been wronged by someone or how we've wronged someone, instead of thinking how things didn't work out in relationships like we'd hoped, instead of thinking about how we've let someone down or how they've let us down, instead of thinking about those things, Paul says in Philippians 4, 8, keep your thoughts continually fixed On all that is authentic and real, honorable, admirable, beautiful, respectful, pure, holy, merciful, and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. And then, with our speech, Paul wrote this, not just focusing with our thoughts, but with our speech, Ephesians 4 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And the Lord has convicted me, I'll use the word convicted, it really means convinced, has shown me that. Corrupt communication has been me focusing on what's wrong with religion and bad translations and all that kind of stuff. Not going to focus on it anymore. So let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good to the use of edifying or building up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. I want to minister grace to the hearers, pure grace. 200 proof grace straight up, not even any eyes. Now, in my case, corrupt communication would be talking about anything other than uh, pure light, pure grace, pure unconditional love that is for everybody, which edifies and builds up everybody that hears it. All right, I've been talking about the Apostle Paul, the, probably the greatest theologian ever. I want to finish with a quote by another great theologian. Bob Marley. You may be aware of him and his work. He said this, you just can't live in that negative way. Make room for the positive day. Isn't that good? That's what I want to do. That's my goal. That's my focused intention. That's what I'm going to be doing and what I'm doing right now. And I'll need your help with me because I can too often... Look back at that Ferris wheel. I wonder if Pharisees had a Ferris wheel. I can too often look back at that Ferris wheel, jump on it, go round and round, hoping for different results, hoping that it will edify and build up and minister grace to people. (laughs) I'm not going to do that anymore. Not my circus, not my Ferris wheel, not my Pharisees, not my monkey. Let's do that together. Grace to all, grow in grace. See you all next time.